0: Hello, welcome to 1000 Words, Stories on the Way, my name is Matthew Clark, and I hope you're doing well here at the beginning of summer. Uh, I've been pretty busy working on some recording projects, and I even managed to get Vandolph, my touring camper van, out on the road last week, and I got to visit my friends the Mosleys down on the coast uh something very cool happened we saw eight or ten dolphins one day out on the beach just jumping out of the water it was really great um if you subscribe to my newsletter you already know that i'm planning to be out on the road this come in september and october sharing songs and stories at house concerts again um, normally i play around 40 shows in a fall Uh, But this is going to be a shorter tour with around 15 or 20 shows, since it's the first time, you know, since COVID, that I'll be touring again. So let me know if you'd like to host a concert in your home or your church. Just email me, matthewclarknet at gmail.com. Okay, so this week, I was thinking about the upcoming Anselm Society Redeemed Imagination Conference in September, and their theme for this year, which is finding your place in the great story. So I love that theme. In fact, it's something I'm passionate about in my own work. Um, How can I get the story Jesus is telling down into my bones, you know, uh, so that it's put in its proper place as the ruling narrative of reality itself. Because my understanding is that there really isn't any other story. Of course, obviously there are plenty of competing narratives, but there's really only one story that can bear the weight of ultimate reality. So, how do we find our place in that story? Um, So, I think... Over the next few weeks, I'm kind of going to just experiment with trying to address that question. So, this week, I'm approaching it by thinking broadly about liturgies. Um, everybody does liturgies, inside and outside the church. I'm thinking of a liturgy as any shared practice or discipline that situates us within a particular narrative, a narrative that gives our life context and meaning. So, liturgies provide language, images, events, and storyline, and they work that stuff down into our bones until whatever story we're practicing becomes kind of the measure for everything. So, so maybe this is just part one of a kind of a series that I'll play with over the next few weeks. Uh, so meanwhile, here is this week's essay entitled Your Place in the Story or Anybody Want a Peanut? Can you finish this movie quote for me? If I say, "Stop rhyming, I mean it." What do you say? You say Anybody want a peanut? Or how about this one? If I say, Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You say, You killed my father. Prepare to die. Now if you knew what to say, how did you know? Because you've participated in a specific cultural liturgy called Watching the Princess Bride. But what if you haven't seen this movie? You didn't get the joke, did you? You're thinking, okay, there's some story all these other people know that I don't know. And so the reference was lost on you. It meant nothing. But everybody who has seen The Princess Bride shares a common narrative that unites a variety of people by supplying shared language, images, events, and storyline. Those who've spent years practicing this liturgy of watching Wesley and Buttercup's love story who knows how many times can recognize one another. They both move within the same established narrative. So I can imagine a woman ordering a sandwich at a cafe and the waiter replies with as you wish. And they both knowingly smile. Oh, Here's someone like me. We're living in the same story, they both say to themselves. The early Christians, under severe persecution, would meet someone in the dusty road and casually draw a simple fish shape called an ichthus in the dirt with their foot. And if the other person noticed and repeated the action... They knew they were both living in the same story. This is a brother. This is a sister in Christ, they would say to themselves, and knowingly smile. Now some of you listening may be able to finish this quote. The Lord be with you. And you say, and also with you, or and with your spirit. But how? How would you know what to say? because you've participated not in a secular liturgy like watching the Princess Bride, but in a specifically Christian liturgy. Practicing that liturgy over time has worked this specific narrative into your bones. Christian worship unites a variety of people by supplying shared language, images, events, and storyline. It cultivates a definite culture. Liturgies are cultural artifacts. They are concrete things that exist in this world that we can actually do with our bodies and minds. And they help us get the story into our marrow. They're not magic. They don't in themselves affect atonement, but they are storytelling devices that work the yeast of the kingdom all through the dough. Rich Mullins has a lyric. Did they tell you stories about the saints of old, stories about their faith? They say, stories like that make a boy grow bold. Stories like that make a man walk straight. Worship, liturgies, the preaching of the word, good songs, excellent artwork, all along with the sacraments prepare and transform us for acts of faithful obedience in the world. We don't go to church. We go to worship in order to be the church in the world. We go to worship to get our bearings in a disorienting world, to remember who God is and who we are in light of His mighty acts through Jesus Christ. We go to be supernaturally transformed and equipped for kingdom life. And from there, we leave to be Christ's body in the world. I'm thinking of a line from the Eucharistic liturgy that I hear every Sunday in the post-communion prayer. Almighty and ever-living God, we thank you for feeding us with the spiritual food of the most precious body and blood of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and For assuring us in these holy mysteries that we are living members of the body of your Son and heirs of your eternal kingdom. And now, Father, send us out to do the work you've given us to do. To love and serve you as faithful witnesses of Christ our Lord. To him, to you, and to the Holy Spirit be honor and glory now and forever. Amen. This sacrament has assured us of our true identity in Christ we are living members of the body of your son we are heirs of your eternal kingdom that is the truth about us then knowing where we came from and where we're going we're sent out little christs that we are with a towel around our waist to love and serve god as faithful witnesses of christ our lord It also serves to supernaturally anoint us. Now, anointing is just another way of talking about how God supplies the means to meet his own demands. For instance, if God asks David to be king, David will say, But I'm young and poor. I don't have what it takes to be the king. And God says, Don't worry. I'll give you what it takes to do what I've asked you to do. That's anointing. If God asks you to do something, you can count on Him to supply the resources. To take another instance from the Christian life, God has demanded absolute sinlessness of us. And we say, but God, I don't have what it takes to be sinless. And God says, don't worry, I'll supply the necessary resources for you to be able to meet my demands. I'll give you my son, Jesus. And then the Holy Spirit will supply new birth. That's anointing. But we don't live into that anointing all the time, do we? But don't worry. God provides for those of us who, you know, just maybe have happened to sin after having been saved, saying, If we do sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And if we confess our sin, He's faithful and He's just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. To be sure, God makes impossible demands of us, but He Himself makes the meeting of those demands possible by supplying the means through Jesus. He's covered all the bases. He's thought of everything. Each week we go again to His table to eat a meal that makes the impossible possible through Christ. So the practices and the sacraments of worship have located me in a particular storyline. And this storyline gives my existence an origin and a destination, both in God. The origin is beautiful, and so is the destination. I'm swaddled in this story. Life is suddenly flushed with meaning and purpose. I came from somewhere, and I know where I'm going. I came from the loving heart of my Creator, and I am returning to Him to rejoice in the light of His beautiful, loving face. Without vision, a people perish, says Proverbs. But I don't have to grope in the darkness anymore. My life has been contextualized. I have a vision and a joy set before me. I can see the pages turning, I can see the movement on the stage of existence, and I'm beginning to pick up on the references that had always escaped me. I can finish the quotes that used to fall flat and meaningless upon my ears. So when someone says to me, Behold the Lamb of God, I think to myself, I know this story. This is my story. And I reply, Who takes away the sins of the world? And when the world says to me, You're not enough. I finish the quote with, Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Or when my sad heart says, I'm too poor. The story in my bones pipes up with the proper reply. You who have no money, come buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. And when I make the mistake of despairing and I say, everything is lost, everything is worthless, the Holy Spirit makes available to me the mind of Christ, saying, Behold, I make all things new. Since I'm short on time, I'll just offer a short prayer to close us here. Lord Jesus, lead us more deeply into the story you are telling. Give us eyes to see that you're not merely telling one story among many equal stories, but that you are the root of reality itself. And the story revealed in and through you is the only true context that makes sense of our hearts, our lives, and indeed, all things. Since in you, all things hold together. Amen. Thanks for being here this week. Um, Let me know if you'd like to host a house concert this fall uh, during September or October. And um, please subscribe review, and share this podcast with your friends if you enjoyed it. Um, I think that's all. Thanks so much for listening, and I will see you next week on 1000 Words.